Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, really looking forward to today's conversation on the show. It's all about fears that are behind our excuses. And you're going to hear a conversation that I recorded many months ago with a good friend of mine, Megan Everett. Megan is in a male-dominated space, the software space, and she is a female founder in that space. She is running her own company, growing her own company in this largely male-dominated space, and she does it with such fierceness and such bravery. But what's interesting about this conversation is that the the boldness that she has in her work, she hasn't always had in her personal life. And that's something she has worked hard on. And she's got some really incredible tools today to help us in this area of facing the fears that are behind our excuses. And I knew that I wanted to have Megan on the show again many months ago when I saw an Instagram post that she had put up about the word, I can't. And she recognized in herself that when she was saying, I can't, I can't do this thing with you. I can't go pitch to capital companies to to get funding for my business. Um, It was often because of fear, fear of rejection, fear of judgment, fear of not being good enough. And when she started to get more honest with herself about what was behind the I can't, even when she would say I can't to going on a hike with her sister, what's the fear there? The fear of not being able to complete it, the fear of looking weak. Everything started to shift for her. And the the honesty that she shares about this with us today is is inspiring and refreshing. And I think it will make all of us better, no matter what area of your life your fears are in. She's got some profound questions that you can use to really get at what is holding you back and most importantly, not let it hold you back anymore. So with that, I'm excited to share this conversation with you. I can't wait to hear what you do with it, how you turn it into a practice in your life. Let's get right to it. Megan Everett, welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm so excited. I am too. And you and I have had a couple of conversations offline. And in fact, I think it started with a Instagram post that you put up about your relationship with the word can't. But before we get to that, so that my listeners can get a sense of you and your life before we talk about one of the big changes that you made, can you dive into what has changed in your life, personally, professionally, 
in the last couple of years just to set the stage for how you have changed your mindset and, and so much about your life in that time? Absolutely. Um, two and a half years ago, I was working in San Francisco for a software company, making well over six figures a year, had a boyfriend, lived in a nice house in Oakland, um, super comfortable, but super unhappy. I was also 340 pounds. So I decided to start my own company. I had a very hard breakup and changed my entire lifestyle. I moved back to my hometown, um, started a health journey, which ended up me losing 80 pounds in a year um, and built this company. So I went from employee, miserable employee and very unhealthy to a single woman running a tech company that's now funded and on my health journey still. And it's taken a lot of different things and mostly it's all been a mindset change. You know, it's crazy as you tell your story, though I've not worked in tech and I haven't worked for a software company. When you tell your story, it's, it's almost uncanny. At my heaviest, I was over 350 pounds. I worked for a supplement company and I was super miserable. I got divorced. I lost a lot of weight. So there's just so many parallels. And, and I agree with you completely that not just in starting a business, but in transforming my relationships and my health, the biggest thing was mindset. And it was the thing that I never thought to tackle before, right? I was always like the bandwagon approach jumper, you know, like, let me try this, let me try that. But it wasn't until I really started to change my mindset that I started to change my life, which is one of so many reasons that I am excited to talk to you. One thing that you said was a hallmark in your journey as you've started a business, as you've totally changed your life, as you've changed your body and, and every part of you. You told me that you've basically banned the word can't from your vocabulary, but it's so much more than that. Can you tell me a little bit of that story? So can't is not allowed in my vocabulary. I actually have to donate a thousand dollars to a nonprofit if I say it. Wow. So that's how strongly I needed to stop saying it. Mm. Um, for me, everything was, and I can't, and I would stop there. Like, and it always was fear-based. Um, I can't go to that workout class. I can't talk to that person. I can't go hike half down with my sister. And there was always a reason because, and it was always, I'm scared that mm. this person will think this of me. I'm scared that I won't be able to finish it. I'm scared that I literally won't be able to hike half down. Mm. Um, and there's always, I find with every time somebody says I can't, it is, there's a massive fear underlining there. Mm. And I started first just replacing I can't with I can, which is a simple way to do it, but didn't actually take any action or fix it because my thought pattern was still I can't, mm -hmm. but I'm going to say that I can. And then that just created imposter syndrome in my life. Mm. 
What do you mean by that? Like you felt like you were faking it? Totally faking it because there was no action being taken. Mm -hmm. So when somebody would say like, do you want to go to a pound class or hot yoga class or whatever? I'd be like, yeah, I can absolutely do that. But I would never follow through and do it Mm -hmm. because what I wanted to say was I can't because I don't think that my body can do it or I can't because I'm afraid that people are going to make fun of me. Mm -hmm. And so that I can changed it and took it out of my vocabulary. But the next step was really figuring out why am I still not doing it? And it's because those fears are still there. Yeah. So it became this pattern of telling people I would do things or I could do things, but not actually doing them. Right. And that had to change. And when I realized that everything that I thought I couldn't do came because I was scared Mm -hmm. and there was this fear of, I'm scared of what people will think. So I'm scared if I get on IGTV that people will make fun of what I look like. Mm -hmm. I'm scared that if I talk to BCs, they won't invest because I'm plus size. So all of these things, and it normally just came back to an insecurity that wasn't true. Yeah. So that was the biggest change for me to start vocalizing. And I would even like, I would tell the person that was asking, or I would call a friend and be like, this has come up and I'm so scared that this is going to happen. And one, anything that's imposter syndrome based is so ridiculous, but in our own heads, we can't really work through that. So for me, it helps so much to have an outside voice be like, that's crazy. You can, Mm -hmm. and that's not going to happen. And if it does, 90% of the people are not going to be making fun of you. Right. Like I was, when I started working out in gyms, I was so terrified that somebody was going to make a meme of me because this is when everybody was posting those memes of like somebody working out and like, they were positive, but what they didn't know is it wasn't positive to that person that they were sure. posting it about. Yeah. Terrified. I was like, I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want anybody to post a picture of me. And it created all of these false thoughts and false stories in my head. So vocalizing the scared part and then actually taking action have been how I've really changed this mindset. So you said that when we were talking about this, you said, you know, I stopped saying I can't and I replaced it with the feeling. So instead of I can't go on that hike with you, I'm scared that I won't be able to finish, right? Or instead of I can't go to hot yoga, I'm scared that people are going to judge me or that I'm not going to be able to finish the class or whatever. When you started noticing the feeling. Did that make it better or worse? At first it made it worse. And I felt like such a complainer and which is something I had never been. I was a keep everything inside. Don't ever tell anything, anybody, anything's wrong. Like very much that like positive salesperson that gets shit done. Yeah. Um, and this was very new and it was new for my friends too, because I had never been somebody that would tell them like something's wrong or I'm having problems with my relationship. I don't like my body. That was never said to them before. Right. And they all 
thought because I didn't say those things that I was so body positive and mm-hmm. so confident yes. and I had it all together. So it was a shift in my relationships too. Where, and for me, it was so vulnerable that it was, it made it worse at first. But once I realized that vocalizing it and then taking action, like I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Cause I've just told you what I'm scared of. And if, after I did that probably like 20 times, it became this like, oh, that actually just makes it false. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I am proving myself wrong every time I do the thing I'm scared of. The reason I ask is because for me, yeah, I would avoid naming my feelings because the avoidance, while it wasn't refuge it was a, it was a false reality. You know, I would just, I had a wall up like, no, I won't do this. No, I won't, you know, go to that party because I don't have anything to wear and I don't want to be like the fat girl in the room or no, I won't start this business because, you know, I'm just not going to do that. I, I have a good job. And I, and I walled off the things that I said no to, the things that I said I couldn't do because I wasn't comfortable facing those emotions. And the emotions themselves seemed really scary until, like you said, you kind of see them through and it's like the, you know, thinking there's a monster under the bed, right? If you don't get up and you, you stay in the bed all night long, then you don't give yourself the opportunity to prove that thing false. So I love that you said the action, but what I love even more is that you said after I did it about 20 times, because I think yeah. there can be an expectation that we do this once or twice and it's suddenly going to be so much easier or four or five times if we're not fixed that something's wrong. But your point is, no, this, this wasn't a one or a two. This wasn't a three or a four this was a 2020 plus kind of endeavor. And, and even then you're just further along. You're, you're not out of the woods. No. And I think the thing to realize is that everyone has these thoughts. Yeah. Like if you go to my social media, I talk about very vulnerable things that I didn't talk about two years ago yeah. because nobody was talking about them. And no one said like, Hey, you may like be doing awesome in your business and build a multi-million dollar business, you're still going to feel like you're not good enough. Yep. And this is how I work on it. And that's why I talk about these things. And it's not the most popular thing to talk about. I could have easily become a plus size fashion blogger. Yep. You know what I mean? Things like that. But that's not what I wanted to use my platform for. And I want people who come into entrepreneurship to one see insane honesty from other entrepreneurs yeah. because yeah, we don't not see just like that. a highlight reel. No. And I probably, I share way more than my lawyers want me to share, yeah. um, which is always a funny conversation, but even that was a huge fear for me. And now that I do it, it just seems so natural, but there's this, this idea that we're the only one, like I'm the only fat girl that feels this way. Right. And For me, like you said, going to a party for so many years of my life, I was the cool fat girl. Mm. Like everyone loved being around me. Everyone loved being friends with me. Guys in my circle would comment on like how pretty my face was, how I had like great aspects to my body, Mm. but nobody was dating me. No one was like 
there wasn't that next like step. It was like, I'm just forever going to be the friend. Yeah. And the funny part is like, I perpetuated that because I thought it was true. Yes. Yep. And that's what people had to treat us. Right. And we allow it. And so I let people say things to me like that. And I let them talk about me that way. And the other thing that this did was it took the, like, I can't change what people think of me out of my head. Yeah. Because actually what you think of me is none of my business. One, But the other hand is I get to decide how people talk about me and who's in my circle. So the people around me, what they think of me is my business and I get to decide what that is. So I think there's this kind of flip of the coin where we've been told for so long, you can't control other people's thoughts. But the other side to that is you can control what's around you. Yeah. So it's a lot of change and a lot of mindset and a lot of extreme vulnerability to get you to a point where it's like, I'm actually totally okay walking into a party now. And it's not that, like I recently went to a mastermind that we're both part of. um, And there are a lot of very beautiful people in this mastermind. Like everybody. (laughs) And I literally walked in the first day and almost turned around and walked back out Mm -hmm. because that thought came back. I was like, oh no, I do not want to be the cool fat girl in the room again. Yeah. And I had to change that because it was one of the first times in a while I can't came into my head. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we're not doing this. We're going in there. We're going to talk to people. And it's like, you have to give yourself this little pep talk because that never really goes away. Right. Yeah. But to your, to your point, what you've done differently is you acknowledge it and then you act on it. So let's say yeah. that, let's say that, you know, I said, Hey, I'm going to go on this like three day hiking trip. And your first thought in your mind was like, Oh, I don't know. I, I can't hang with that. Does that mean that now your practice is, I say yes, and I just see what, what I can do. And when I think like I can't talk to VCs, that that's exactly what I have to do. And you're using that default can't thought as a compass to navigate? Always. There are things that I don't want to do. And I say no to those. Yeah. But it, for me, that's another process of like, am I saying no because I don't want to or because I think I can't? Right. So that's another process. Like, if I thought I could, would I want to do this? There you go. Yeah. And so that's a question I actually have. Like, I'm a weird list person. So I have like lists of questions that I actually sit down and write out when things come up. (laughs) So I answer them. And one of them is this, like, if I thought I could, would I? Mm. And that kind of, because sometimes like, I actually don't want to go on a week long immigrant wilderness hike with you ever like even if I could (laughs) I could yeah no thanks I've got other plans I like my bed I like showers like recently I had a friend um ask me to go to I think North Dakota for a skiing trip somewhere like that yeah or Montana and they were like yeah we're gonna van camp and I was like nope I'm out (laughs) so there's things that I was like I'm like I don't want to which is fine, but as long as it's not driven by I can't. But things like VC meetings were terrifying to me. Yeah. And it literally took 
I don't even know. I did 200 Zoom calls originally with VCs. It took multiple, like actually being in the room with them. And I had to replace that. Like everyone's thinking about what I look like, which is true. Um, you have to realize that there are rooms that you're in that that is the thought. Um, but I have more to offer than what I look like. And that actually oh, doesn't yeah. matter. And so it's been everything in the last few years to change my mindset. And there's been lessons where like, I haven't stood up for myself because of these insecurities and like lost a hundred thousand dollars to a vendor. You know what I mean? Like things that are just so drastic that it's like, this is ridiculous that you're not standing up for yourself because you're worried about what people think about your weight. Right. Well, and you know, it's funny that you say that you have questions and I, and I love that question that you said, if I thought I could, would I, would I want to, if I thought I could, my, my whole book is based on questions. Cause I think mm-hmm. that once we can ask ourselves better questions, we get better answers and life becomes dramatically easier. So it's just like another uncanny thing that you and I have in common that I just love that gets me so excited. That is such a powerful tool to differentiate between your, your insecurities and your limiting beliefs and just like, no, that's not my thing. I don't want to do that. If I thought I could, would I, you know, cause so many people, especially when we talk about like business or money, they talk themselves out of it and they use logic. So they think that it's rational, but with just that simple question, well, if I thought this was a home run, if I thought this was a yes, would I do it? That clears the air so quickly and effectively. It really does. And it's, it's a nice way to not put yourself in situations that you wouldn't normally do because you don't want to. Yeah. And I am a huge proponent. We all do things we don't want to for work and business and family, but with your free time and your recreational time, don't do things you don't like. Yeah. Like, and don't force yourself into them. So I think, especially if we're coming from a place of, the insecurities being body based, which is so much for women, regardless of the way we look. Yep. Um, it's really, really important to know what you want and what you actually want to try and what's worth getting in that room for. Because I don't think it's worth being in a room that you know you don't want to be in, right? Just to overcome an insecurity because it's actually going to have an adverse effect on you. Yeah. You're not going to have a good time when you're doing something that you absolutely know you don't want to be doing. One of the things that you and I have talked about is uh, the desire to become a healthier version of ourselves, right? Yeah. And, and your journey continues. My journey continues. I don't believe that there's a single person on the planet who is not in progress in some way. Like we're all still on our journey. Um, But you and I have had an interesting conversation that I wanted to kind of explore here on the podcast about body positivity and the the notion from, from so many people that these things are at odds. Either you are part of the body positivity movement or you want to somehow improve yourself. And if you want to improve yourself, then you've somehow neglected this idea of self-love and body positivity and accept yourself as you are. And I remember saying to you, like, I don't think these two things are at odds at all. No, I think they actually go together. Um, And it's so funny. I know I told you this 
I actually, anytime I post something about losing weight or health, I get literally a hundred DMs of people telling me how damaging I am to them. And, and what is the rationale there? Like if somebody feels like you sharing your desire to lose weight or get healthier is damaging to them, on what grounds? It's always, you're telling women they shouldn't love themselves the way they are. Mm. Or you like- at odds that either you embrace yourself as you are or you want to change and those things can't go together. But you can do both. And I do do both. And it's just, it's an interesting journey to even navigate that when you've made yourself a public figure. Yeah. Because there's so many times that I'm like, I don't want to share this. But- it's so important to share, like not, there aren't enough women saying like I am plus size and I, I don't feel healthy, but I love myself. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. Like I've gained some weight since I originally lost 80 pounds and all from stress and unhealthy habits and recognizing that that's why is very important to me. But there's these steps that we take and we think that if there's someone who's overweight in a gym or working on themselves that they dislike themselves. Right. And as a society, we have told people that this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And even gyms encourage this. Like the posts that I see from a lot of fitness people and gyms are like, your body is not changing because you don't care enough about yourself or whatever. Yeah. And they're all kind of these negatively motivated things. And I have said and continue to say like, what if we did this because we do love ourselves? Right. Like what if I'm in the gym at four 30 in the morning because I do love myself and I know that's the only time I have to work out this week. And I want to like have this body for years and years. And when I have children, I want to be able to play with them. And I want to go on these hikes with my sister. And I just want to be a healthier version of myself. Yeah. But I do it because I love myself, not because I hate something about myself. Right. And in this society where we're constantly seeing beautiful people and social media has made it more so. So we're seeing filtered, beautiful people. Yeah. It's so easy to compare yourself And then get into that like shame, self-hatred and they can all, it all coexists. But if you're working towards a healthier lifestyle because you love yourself, that is body positivity. Yep. And you get to say that and you get to tell people that they don't get to tell you what your mindset is. Yeah. Because that's my biggest thing. I am constantly telling people like, if that's your opinion, that's fine, but that's not what this is. And I've really stopped even responding to those DMs. Yeah. I have like a, a little like thing that I do where I'm like, I'll literally tell myself like, this is not a valid opinion. And then I just delete it and move on. Yeah. Because you'll get stuck for days responding to that crap. Well, and our job is not to get people to, to see our perspective, and our job is not to adopt the perspectives that are dominant around us either. Yeah. And one of the, the mantras that I had to tell myself, because I tried to change from a place of self-hatred for a really long time, and what I found is there was always something to hate. 
right? Whether it was my relationship or my body or a particular part of my body or my bank account or my boss or whatever. And I would tell myself that you cannot sustainably hate your way to a body you love. You can, and I have, use self-loathing to motivate you on a diet for, I don't know, even a few months, right? I'm, I'm sure, I know you've done that. We've talked about it. Yeah. But it's not the sustainable path. There's still something to hate. And then what are you left with? The same vacant void emotions that you had to begin with. And, you know, when we look at it, my, my mantra to myself now is the goal is the feeling, right? The goal is not size whatever. The goal is not weight whatever. The goal is the feeling. And I can tell you for sure that I did not feel confident or energetic or vibrant at 350 pounds. Similarly, I don't feel confident and energetic and vibrant when I'm, you know, eating an entire pizza at 180 pounds. It really doesn't matter. So the goal is the feeling. And sometimes that includes a cupcake. And oftentimes that includes a hard workout or a healthy meal or an early bedtime or an hour of meditation. The goal is the feeling. And that to your point, that is body positivity, wanting to feel amazing and owning that that will look different for just about every single human being on the planet. I love that. I, I am going to take that from you. The goal is the feeling. That's yeah. a, because, that's a you know, we one. can want like, oh my gosh, it would be so amazing to just like order pizza and have a glass of wine and some ice cream. But I've done that enough to know that how I feel afterwards is not good. How I feel the following morning is not good. Similarly, I also know that four months of whitefish and broccoli does not make me feel good either, you know? But when the goal is the feeling and what is the feeling I want, like I want to feel energetic and I want to feel confident. Well, what does that look like today? And I give myself the grace to know that, and you and I talked about this when we talked on the phone a few weeks ago, that looks different today than it'll look like next Friday. Maybe today it's a workout and eating really clean, and next Friday it's a workout and also enjoying a bunch of pasta with my partner. Like yeah. it can look different, it should look different. There is no one day is all the days, and there is no one size fits all. Let me ask you this if there's somebody out there who has just started to recognize because of what you shared. They've just started to recognize that they use I can't often. I can't lose weight. I can't um, get a different job. I can't make more money. What is one piece of advice that you would want to leave them with or, or a tool or a thought process? I'll give them an either or because we don't all have support systems and I didn't use to. So if you have a friend, like your cheerleader friend who supports you no matter what, get them involved and start telling them every time you think, I can't. Mm. Like tell that person, I just told somebody I can't or I think I can't. Right. I'm thinking that way. I'm convincing myself I can't. That's powerful. The awareness piece is huge. Because that person is going to be the cheerleader that like comes and gets you and takes you to hot yoga. Right. That is that friend. 
if you don't have that friend and it's totally normal and okay not to, I didn't at first is get a journal. I am, I think like release writing is so powerful. Yeah. And like set a timer for five minutes and just write all the reasons you think you can't and get it out. And then ask yourself, if I thought I could, would I? Yeah. This question is so powerful because then you know if you want to. And from there, you can say, I want to do this. Yeah. This is what I'm afraid of. How do I get over this fear? And it may be going to a yoga class alone. It may be going to Toastmasters. It may be looking at the website name you need. Like it's all of these things. It may be purchasing a website. Like it's these things that like you have to start doing what you're afraid of, but you can't do that until you acknowledge that you're afraid of it. Yeah. And you, and you really look inside of that because awareness is the first step. Oh my gosh, Megan, I could talk to you for hours and hours. I know you've heard other people that we know mutually say this the same, but like there are so many parallels in our lives that it is um, beautiful and exciting to me because, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't want to be on this journey alone. And I am just beyond grateful for getting the chance to connect with you, for you being willing to share some of your tools and your mindsets with the listeners here. Tell me where people can connect with you. If people are like, oh my gosh, these posts that she speaks of, I've got I've to see it. I've got to know what's going on. How can people um, connect with you best? The easiest place, and I am way more active on Instagram than I should be, but I love it and I answer every DM personally, is at Megs Everett. So it's at M-E-G-S-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. And then from there, you can find like all of my business information at our business page, but that's the easiest way to contact me. Awesome. I'll make sure to link that up on the show notes page over at primalpotential.com. I am honored to know you. I am excited to get to know you better. And I am immensely grateful for your sharing today. Megan, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel very honored to be here. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Hey, Houston, Khan's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building it. Visit cons today and find out what invincible feels like.